What's up, everybody? Welcome in to West Vibe Pod, a podcast about WVU football, the Big 12 Conference, and digestion. I'm Joel Bracken. I'm at WV Stats Guy on Twitter. I'm joined, as always, by Jordan Pinto. He's at Game Day Shorts. Uh, we're coming off Thanksgiving week. Lots to digest food-wise. Lots to digest from kind of a just a really odd way to end the season, or the regular season at least. Um, a game down in Waco, Texas that had no rhythm to it. No, uh, you know, it was just an odd game. You have two back-to-back kickoff returns. You have an offense that can't move the ball the entire second half. All kinds of weird stuff going. Um, so, Jordan, how are you doing? How was uh, Thanksgiving week for you? And, and how are you feeling a day after that game down in Waco? Yeah, the, the week was great. Um, had a nice little um, getaway up in the mountains with the uh, with my in-laws. Um, so we went up to Canaine and Got some cold weather, built some fires, to, uh, you know, looked, looked at some some uh, low low uh, light pollution stars, you know, just had a had a nice time, ate some good food, obviously. Um, but yeah, holy shit, man, I was I was down tremendously um, for most of last night. I know I was texting you. I was like, this is the one, man. This is this is this is going to be the big one. Heart attack, aneurysm, something bad is happening to me tonight because I mean, that game had my blood pressure just absolutely peaking. I mean is uh it's a small it's a small group of coaches i mean if you want to say what is neil brown a lead at it is uh being kind of disappointing while still exceeding expectations right mm-hmm. so it's just like that's a good so, way to put it yeah so yeah i mean uh, yeah man last night i was i was just just <laughs> absolutely uh you know on on the on the edge i was on on the cliff's edge um ready to jump today now that you know the win we got the win it's in the river mirror I'm feeling a little bit better about it, and, and I'm a, a little bit more forward thinking. But holy shit, yeah, last night was it was a slog. It's tough. Yeah, we've kept some games entertaining this year, when I would rather we not. Um, and you know, it's a it's a road game in conference, and I try to remember that all road games in conference are, are not gimmies. There's there's no such thing as an easy road win in the conference. Um, and and yeah, coming out of that one. It, I, I just know it feels a lot better to win that kind of a game. Like when you can, when you're walking away and you're like, we looked bad, these things bad happened, blah, blah, blah. That's a lot more easy to justify than like, man, how did we go down and lose that game with all of the things? It's a lot more fun to be like, man, we maybe should have lost that game the way the second half played out. You don't usually get away with two return touchdowns. I mean, just like I said, I just felt like there was no rhythm to the game. It was an odd game. Like I feel like we played offense the first twenty minutes of the game exclusively, um, and and then once they actually got on the field for their offense, they they started moving the ball. We really had trouble getting them off, and they they really had all the answers for us in the second half um, until our guy winning time Garrett Green. I mean, give him the ball when it matters. He's done it multiple times this year. He did it in the Houston game, and that doesn't go down as a win, but he's he's done it multiple times, leading the drives that put the game away, that uh, that take the lead, you know, extend the game. Um, wow. I I mean, that's that's sort of my takeaway, just just a brief one walking away, was we had some dudes, you know, the, the final connection, Garrett Green to Jaheim White, that is hopefully the future of this football team, and those guys looked cool and calm 
you know, going 80 yards in 50 seconds. That was, that was, it made it look easy. Yeah. And I think you said it, you know, before the pod is like, once they miss that field goal, like you had the confidence that, that we were going to do that. Right. Like, I mean, we've seen them do it before they did it at the end of the first half. How many times in the two minute situation or in, in limited clock situations that we see, have we seen Garrett just take us right down the field? Um, yeah, man, God, we score that touchdown though. And like the PTSD just set in so heavy, but Hey, coaching, right? Like it was kind of hilarious because the week after Houston, Neil Brown kind of defended everything that they did. And so oh, we wouldn't change anything. And of course, we send like three extra oh, pass yeah. rushers. Uh, we had, I think, <laughs> you know, we, we defended it completely differently. And lo and behold, and like, what a stupid decision. Like Baylor, like puts their backup quarterback in for one play to try and throw Hail Mary. Like what the hell, what are you trying to have happened there but yeah man it's um you know i when i said i was starting to uh kind of come on the the downslope of of trying to jump off the cliff last night um garrett and jaheem are what you're looking at right where you're looking at next year and you're just like holy shit um and you know it's not just it's not just the raw output the output is insane um like garrett's averaging 297 uh, yards from scrimmage this year rushing and passing combined um, in conference play, um, obviously, you know, first couple games of the year uh, weren't that good. But, you know, that's not as much as like Geno and, and Will Greer had because they had the passing yards. But that's more than both Skylar Howard and Pat Whitehead mm-hmm. averaged. And even in Pat White's, Pat White's sophomore year was his was his kind of his most productive year. Garrett Garrett did better than both of them. Um, averaged eight yards per play, which I want to say the 297 was 15th in FBS uh, this year. The eight yards per play was 12th. Jaheim White at 8.1 yards per play was 11th, right? No, the only other school who had two guys in the top 50 is USC with uh, Caleb Williams and Marshawn Lloyd. And Lloyd's all the way down at like 44. You know, I was taking some liberties because I was just looking like, does anybody else even have two guys on this list? Um, and yeah, I mean, you like, I don't know in the, I don't know if these guys are going to get drafted, right? They both have red flags. Like if you're projecting an NFL future, but in terms of college players, these are two of the best at their respective positions, at least in the conference, right? I mean, you're going to have a guy, Garrett Green's going to be an all-conference quarterback. Jaheim White's probably going to win freshman of the year. And these guys are coming back. There's a proof of concept now. Like, we know what we're going to do with them. That's, I think that's going to allow us to go into the offseason, get even more creative about ways to use them. How does C.J. Donaldson fit, fit into it? Like, why can't C.J. Donaldson do some of the Colt Taylor stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Tight end um, coming out of high school. Tight end coming out of high school. Put him back in that role, right? Like, how, like what a disaster it would be to have all three of these guys on the field at the same time for people. Like, who do you even focus on? What do you yeah. do? Um, and yeah, it's just special. Um, you know, just running through the stat Garrett, Garrett led, uh, FBS quarterbacks with 13 rushing touchdowns. Wow. So most in FBS this year. Um, Jaheim, I, I think we talked about, I think, uh, the dude from Notre Dame ended up clipping him in the overall rush grade, but the yards per carry still first in the country among, uh, FBS running backs with the number of carries that he has. So, it's kind of crazy. Jaheim, 156 scrimmage yards per game in November, fourth nationally. I mean, like it's real stuff that these guys are doing. It's not just a fluke. It's, it's you know, two-thirds of a season of this now um, for Garrett, a third of a season for this for Jaheim, and it's it's just the sky seems like it's the limit for them. It does, and, and I mean, the, the stats that are kind of compiling week over week with Garrett are, you know, it's every week there's a new combination of, I think, so this week it was like, over 200 passing yards and over 100 rushing yards and two touchdowns each 
Yeah. Um, he's the first quarterback in West Virginia history to do that in a game. Yep. I mean, that's that's crazy. Um, and just the the combo of the deep ball that he can throw. So he actually leads the country in big time throw percentage uh, of eligible quarterbacks. He is number one in the country, ten point four percent. And then you couple that with the the legs, which is just like a whole nother aspect, like big arm, but he can kill you in the running game. And he only had four interceptions this season. I mean yep. that and 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 the sacks uh yeah. the 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 snap that he fumbled he bobbled it dropped they get a sack out of that that was the first sack in like 240 some yeah they notes. said it was the longest streak longest active streak in the country that that we uh hadn't been sacked yeah it's 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 fucking crazy um what was it 265 i think he had 103 yards rushing this week mm-hmm. with that bogus uh holding call uh that called back the 47 yarder so it should have been 16 for 150 um and yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I saw a couple of people in our Discord saying, oh, Chris Anderson, uh, you know, you get, you get tired of these smaller outlets uh, stealing our stats or stealing our observations, right? And it's really, it's just like, but they made the point of, you know, Garrett goes from he's going to throw to he's 10 yards downfield uh, running the ball in like a second. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just, I mean, we, we have these dudes who are, who are stretching the field. Um, Devin Carter didn't even play, right? So the wide receivers who played, yesterday are all coming back mm-hmm. um preston fox i think is by far the oldest i don't know was he a redshirt sophomore maybe i don't even know he might be a redshirt freshman um i think he's a redshirt sophomore i think this is his yeah. third year uh but you know he's the oldest the other two guys you got you got ray out there you got gallagher out there hudson clement is a real player now like i, I you know yeah he made a, several serious plays last he's night. he's fucking good man yeah. he's good he gets open he catches the ball He's tough, dude. I love how tough he yeah. is. Like he's he's not scared to take a hit. Um, he pops right back up. Um, yeah, I mean, could it? Th- this has been a top twenty offense for for the last half of the season. Are we set up for an all time hype train of an off season? Like, I, I'm just the, the Garrett Green numbers. Like, you can sit here for half an hour and we could just go back and forth and just say outrageous stats do, that he's had this year. Do you want to do that? Because we I mean, can do that. <laughs> Yeah, we could have a we could have a special Patreon episode where it's the Gary Green show. Um, we just read all the stats and was like he's top twenty in everything. So so I have a, a question for you. So you know we had so both at the end of both halves we orchestrated like a, a touchdown drive that was like over seventy yards in under a minute, like both times. Yep. And what I really liked on the last drive was, I mean, he obviously had the awareness. He's looking for the big throw downfield, but I feel like he's. That that's like game time when it's just like make a play, whatever it is. Do you feel like he was more ready to run? Because he had two big runs there in that final drive where it was just like, we need yards now. Like if I see it, I'm going. Whereas maybe he doesn't always take those, like, you know, limiting hits, whatnot. Um Yeah, I think that's 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 the thing that we were worried about this year, right? Is is this dude is always trying to make a play, like, but sometimes he doesn't make try and make the right one, right? And I think that consistently this year, I mean, you already mentioned the interceptions. The turnover-worthy play rate is super low. Didn't fumble the ball this year. Like, I mean, the guy checked every single box except for, I mean, you know, the 53% completions, right? But I don't know. It's just, it's crazy to me that as recently as like a couple weeks ago, it felt like people were like, is it is it time to like give Nico a shot? It's like, dude, this guy is like the best quarterback <laughs> in the conference. Like, what the fuck yeah. are you guys watching? Yeah. 
Second, second in PFF in the conference, uh, him and Dalen Gabriel really have separated themselves. And I think when you when you incorporate the big time throw, the, the deep ball that he can throw, I don't mind the completion percentage. I mean, no. we're going for we're going for chunk plays, and if you know if you throw the ball thirty five yards downfield and it's incomplete, that's fine. That's like you don't need to go sixty five percent when your when your offense is built um, with that kind of percentage of of chunk plays in mind. So yeah, I I'm fine, dude. I. If he goes in this offseason and gets 2% better everywhere and he gets 10% better in the medium to intermediate throws, like he could be the best quarterback in the conference next year, like preseason. Like that that's the kind of, you know, setup. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I mean he's he's, you know, Quinn Ewers is going to get buzz, but yeah. he is also going to get buzz as preseason offensive conference player of the year, right? Like I mean, there, there's no doubt about it at this point. The guy the guy is a problem for every single team that he plays. I looked it up while you were uh while you were talking through it. 25.6% of his passes have been attempted uh, over 20 yards this year, which is the fourth highest number in uh, FBS right now. So, you know, the completion percentage is what it is. And he's actually, he's completing 46. Where, where I lost him. Where did he go? Where are you at, buddy? He's completing 46.2% of those, which is top 20 nationally as well. So, yep. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, Yes, we need the layups to get better. We need the intermediate stuff to get better. But he is very good at pushing the ball down the field. Um, generally, now you know it's again, it's this. Uh, I don't know what the right word dichotomy juxtaposition, like wh- whatever the word is, is like where like the glass half full and the glass half empty people both have arguments. Is like the Preston Fox play where Preston Fox got hurt, right? Like yeah. he missed he missed that throw that should have been, been a six. Yeah, it could have been a touchdown. Um, but by and large, uh, yeah, he has. He has exceeded everybody's expectation, including myself, right? And I yeah. have been, you know, and speaking of which, everybody who's going to be on this 2024 Heisman bandwagon, just, you know, make note that I'm driving that MF, okay? <laughs> <I've> been- <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm as high on Garrett as anybody, and he's played even better than I expected him to. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, I mean, can't, can't. Can't tip the cap more to, to Garrett Green. I think he was probably, and you know, we're going to do a, a full season sort of review. We'll probably do superlatives and all those sort of things after the bowl. But I mean, I'll go ahead and throw him in there for just like biggest exceeding expectations. I mean, Jaheim White also came out of absolutely nowhere. But knowing what we knew about Garrett Green and what we thought he could be, you know, I felt like we actually knew what kind of player he was coming in and, and what he actually ended up being this year was just really, really. A breath of fresh air. You know, it, we, we needed some guys to step up, and, and man, did they. I mean, the receiving room, there's dudes, like you said, last night, all over the place making catches. They have all season. Um, you know, we don't have a, a single dude who is dominating the targets, anything like that. But, um, you know, been, been very nice to have a fun offense. It's It's been fun most games this year. Um, and, you know, I, I want to maybe transition to the Zach Frazier thing. I mean, obviously... That's a gut wrencher. The way, the way his, you know, his WVU career goes out. Um, yeah. But, you know, you can't, you can't really have more of a shining moment, like a team player perspective, than the way Zach Frazier, the final play of his career. Um, you know, we run. It's the drive. We need eighty yards. It's the first play of the drive. Um, he he comes off the block. He already blows one block up. He comes in, picks up the ball carrier basically throws him six yards forward so he gets the first down which stops the clock we're out of timeouts yep he also 
you know, gets a severe leg injury, a significant leg injury, and he has the presence of mind and the toughness, which are which are both enormous, to get up. He hobbles off on one leg and gets to the sideline where he falls down, and we learn later he has a significant leg injury. Um, so we don't have a 10-second runoff. We can get a new center in there, the you know. What what an insane play! Just like and what a guy! I mean, he all timer. He's all timer. Yeah, all time Mountaineer. Hopefully, he's uh, cashing fat checks in like six months. I mean, he should be. So agreed, agreed. Um, other what other? Uh, so I mean, I feel like we've done a lot of positives here for a game that really should not have <laughs> been as close or as stressful as it was. Do we want to talk about um, any negative? I mean, obviously the kickoff return, the defense. Man, the way that this defense makes shitty quarterbacks look good is just mind-boggling to me. Yeah. It's, it just seems like there's just what, what's uh, we show way too much respect to people who I don't think uh, warrant that respect. Uh, mm-hmm. The one that sticks out to me is with the third and fourteen, um, and I texted you about it furiously. I texted everybody in my every single uh, thread that I had going of like we rushed four guys on a third and fourteen yep. after a guy who can't throw. And of course they convert it, right? And they go down, and I don't even remember if they they might have got a field goal or something on that drive. But, um, yeah, it's Sawyer Robinson. I mean Robertson. Robertson. Yeah, uh, yeah. PFF grades in games this year: sixty-five, forty-three, forty-two, fifty-two, forty-one. Last night, any guesses? Ninety-one point five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, eighty-nine percent completion. Yeah, he. Uh, he might get a look in the transfer portal if he just sends in last night's game claims. I mean, yeah, that was that was embarrassing, and it was like I said, the game flow was just odd. They did barely they had like six snaps through twenty minutes of the game. I mean, yeah, it, it should have been it should have been twenty seven nothing at least at halftime, just based on the way the game was going in the first half because they weren't moving the ball, they weren't doing shit. Everything's great. Um, why we? Why we a what are we a, I don't know a mid to high level P five program you know we're like a we're not a we're not a tier one we're not a tier two probably but we're like a, a we're like a pretty firm I'd say at the top of tier three we're, we're um and we don't like do we not have a guy who can kick it through the end zone like what are we doing like we fair catch kickoffs on the other end yeah you know and just take it at the twenty like why are we not okay with just like and the twenty five just play it at the twenty. We yeah. struggle with this like periodically. It's like this happens to us, and then we like feel like we get it fixed, and like five games later, it happens again. And it's like and this happens, yeah. I just I don't understand how that can be such an issue. Or I mean, after the first one, why are we not pooching? Why are we not playing it short to a, a tight end or somebody who's like yeah. going a fair catch? I mean, I just yeah, I don't get that um, that we don't have a dude on on the roster who can't send it out the back of the end zone like eighty percent of the time. Um, I don't know. That that's mind-boggling to me and yeah, that's who who knows what happens on those two drives. I mean, you know, the way they move the ball, maybe they score 10 points instead of, you know, 14. Yeah. Hard to like say, but yeah, it was just it was that's frustrating. I, I just can't believe you let it happen twice in a row. That's that's uh it, it what is going on? Is that coaching? Is that assignments? I I don't really know, but um it I I feel like it doesn't happen to many teams. The uh, announcers are like, never seen this before. I mean, yeah, I'd never seen that before back to back. Like, I don't even think Devin Hester did that. Like, yeah, Dante Hall. I'm thinking all the returners. I'm like, yeah, I don't think they got two in a row. It doesn't feel like it, but 
And uh, oh, side note. So the lowest of the low. Um, can we just revoke uh, Lamp's scholarship at this point? Wilson, yeah. Put yeah. him, put him in the basket, and you know I'm willing to let Jalen Anderson redeem himself. But it just feels like, man, those poor guys. Like every single time that I notice them is because something catastrophically bad has happened. And yeah. <laughs> at some point, like Lamp, go go play for Kent State or something. Like you can't play for West Virginia again. You know, I'm sorry. Special teams were not friendly last night, but but you two field goals missed by Baylor. I mean, that's the difference. I mean, yeah. if the dude doesn't slide a like a thirty yard field goal wide, you don't know what you I mean. This might go to OT, whatnot. But yeah, if he banks, he makes two field goals that are makeable. You probably still lose this game, and that's so. Yeah, weird net thing with their special teams, but guys, um, guys, a shanker. I mean, what do you know? Guys, a shanker. Happens to the best of us or the worst of us, I guess you'd say. But yeah, I mean, no excuse. I feel confidently that we had it pegged. Like, I think this is this team was up there with Pitt and BYU. I guess down there with Pitt and BYU is is one of the worst um, teams that we've played. And we, you know, we let them hang around. We almost lost. So, um, again, (laughs) go back to my original. uh, Only Neil Brown um, can disappoint while while still exceeding expectations. yeah. Yeah. I mean, all in all, I feel like the big thing was just the pass defense last night. You know, like the, the, you know, the problem of them moving the ball, they really never got anything going on the ground. They averaged a little over four carry. Um, nobody really had any sustain, sustained success. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is with backup quarterbacks, but they're super dangerous apparently for our defense. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That's an odd thing to me, but yeah, I mean, I'm in favor of the getting more pressure. It seems like Every game we've played this year where we've had success getting pressure on the quarterback, the defense has been just fine. The longer we give them, we drop eight dudes and let him pick us apart. It really hasn't. I'd like to see tape when that has worked this year, to be honest. <laughs> like, give me three examples where we dropped eight and something good happened. Yeah, no, I don't think you can. I mean, I, I definitely couldn't name three off the top of my head. Um, Yeah, overall, I think, I mean, it's a, you know, a game Neil Brown had to win, almost lost it, but instead he wins it, and you know, so hey, eight win season. I thought, I mean, good season. Yeah, your irrational had a, had a good tweet where it was like West Virginia fans before the season. It's like I just need Neil Brown to win eight games to save his job, and then it's like now, and it's like not like that though. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's <laughs> don't just win eight games it. like that. Yeah, just about clocks it. Yeah. Well, you play the schedule you're given. You know, we lost to the two Oklahoma schools in Penn State. Whatever. You know, it happens. Um, the Houston game is obviously the one that y- you lose a little sleep at night because you're that, – that one stings. I mean, that one was just an insane game, but you feel like you're a lot better team. And at the end of the season, also feel like they're a lot better team. Dana, no longer even coaching there. So that's yep. the job they did this year. Other than that, you beat the other eight teams on your schedule. You didn't get to pick who they were. You didn't get to know who they were. Yeah, they were like some of the bottom. I mean, they were most of the bottom teams of the Big 12, but you went out and beat them, and uh, that's all you can do. I mean, you play the schedule you're given. Texas Tech ended up being fine. Like, they kind of came around this year. Um, I I, I did the exercise just because I was curious myself because, you know, at at face value, we, we went on the road against a bad team, and we squeaked out a win. And that feels bad, but it's a win. And I looked at the top eight teams in the country this this uh, the current top eight teams in the country. How many of these guys have gone on the road against a far inferior opponent 
and and only one by one score. Um, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, of the top eight, the only school that hasn't done that is Ohio State. Georgia's done it twice. Michigan's done it. Washington's done it twice. Florida State's done it twice. Oregon's done it once. Texas has done it twice. Bama has done it three times. Yeah. We don't talk about Bama like underperforming, but they've have three wins this year against teams that are seven and five or worse. Seven and five AM, four and eight Arkansas, six and six Auburn. They had no business winning that game versus Auburn last night. Yeah. And another I'm example. Sure. Dropping dropping, not rushing the passer. And uh yeah, biting so the team. Biting the team. Yeah, so. that's bad. Oklahoma State yesterday and BYU. I mean, did BYU have any business winning that game and and you know to take them to overtime? It's just playing on the road is tough. It's you know hard to do it week to week. It happens. Not saying that doesn't make it any hurt any less, but uh, like I said, if Alabama has three wins on the road by a score against far inferior opponents, that eases my angst of like, you know, what are we doing? The world's falling. Um, because we are not Bama. We did no, win eight not. games this year, so we're, we we're coming. We're coming. But I don't know that we're Bama just yet. No, no. Bama doesn't want to see us uh, next year. I'll tell you that. I hope they don't steal any of our, play- <laughs> any of our players. That's the, uh, that's the, hopefully, I mean, we're going to have, you know, the off seasons, we're going to be getting guys in the portal and we're probably going to lose like two guys come like February that we're going to be like, Man, that stinks. Like, how how can we lose that kind of guy? Um, but you hope the core the core guys come back because, man, I, I feel like this is, is setting up for a, an offseason of optimism and uh, getting our expectations, like, very inflated. And, um, yeah, I mean, just the, the sky feels like the limit with a Garrett Green-Jaheem-White combo in the backfield, similar to years past when we had uh, – young dudes who showed out at the end of the season. I mean, running quarterback tandem guys, like we've seen this story before. This is things like this have happened. So, um, yeah, I don't know that, 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 that was kind of my spiel just about the going on the road is hard. And, and even the best teams in the country struggle from time to time doing it. Um, seems like yep. we've mostly handled the bad teams at home this year. So you know, oh, yeah. clean, clean them up easy. Yep. Yep. Um, and yeah, I mean, Hey, you know, again, we, we win that game where the whole second half, right. It's trending the wrong direction. And then when we had to winning time came and, and we answered the call. So we don't win that game last year. I don't think. Oh no, definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. So that's, that's something. (laughs) Are we climbing potential, potential upward movement? You're going to make me trust the climb. (laughs) All right. Anything else on Baylor? Um, we got a bowl game incoming, but we don't know what it is yet. Um, so no, no, we don't. Um, oh. No, nothing else on Baylor. I'm good. Okay. So let's do Big Twelve pre uh, recap. Um, games scattered out this weekend. We had two on Friday. Neither of them were any interesting. Um, Texas took care of business against Texas Tech. This thing was over halfway through the second quarter. 57 to 7 Arch Manning got in that was maybe the only highlight <laughs> that made that made the timeline so um Texas secured their spot in the Big 12 championship they're still in the playoff hunt i mean they're they're right there um the other game on friday was Oklahoma TCU this one was over i'd say by halftime um Oklahoma had 42 at half they finished with 69 um yeah T- just not not close TCU threatened 
to make it interesting a, a couple different times. I want to say they closed what they got it to 49-35 at one point midway through the third quarter. And I had I had Oklahoma uh, minus six and a half <laughs> um, in one of my parlays, and I'm just like, don't even don't even fucking think about it, TCU. Um, but yeah, no, and hey, beautifully, Oklahoma, who you know, if you if you if you follow uh, Sooner Nation, or I don't even know what they call themselves, but if you follow them on on Twitter, they've been the big dogs in the conference forever, you know. And hey, they have, but you're going to the SEC. Uh, on the outside looking in. You haven't made the conference championship game in a couple years now. You're limping into the SEC. Um, and sure. yeah, good good riddance. Good riddance. Yep. Defense optional on this one. 69-45 final. Um, and yeah, so Oklahoma does not go to the title game uh, in favor of a tiebreak scenario with Oklahoma State, who really, really, really tried to let the Sooners go. Yeah, uh, they came out flat as can be. They were down twenty four six at half to BYU, um, and then they finally got their legs under them. And you know the momentum, it, it was turning, but it was slower than you expected. I mean BYU really played with some grit. This thing went to double OT. Ollie Gordon only scored five touchdowns. Um, and <laughs> Oklahoma State wins forty to thirty four. They go in, and my favorite tweet by Sooner Nation this weekend. Um, was that Oklahoma State going to the Big 12 title game was was fraudulent because Oklahoma was clearly the better team and that we should not forget that Oklahoma State lost by multiple scores to South Alabama, um, which is a true statement. Uh, Oklahoma State also beat Oklahoma. So, you know, that's that's one of those... Is that how that works? That's one of those bend around backward um, that they're better even though they lost to them. I mean, you know, you understand. No, yeah, pass interference and you know all kinds of stuff that you know Oklahoma's never benefited from a from a call in their favor uh, in in the course of their time in the Big Twelve. So not, not this conference. Yeah, 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 yep. Feel horrible for them. Um, good for Oklahoma State. Um, who knows? Could be a good game. Could be a good game. But I guess we'll hit that in the uh, in the precap here. Yeah, yeah, that'll be. I I imagine most of us will be cheering for Oklahoma State. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Other games around the league, um, UCF Houston was uh, kind of a snoozer, and this was Dana's final game at Houston. They finished four and eight. Uh, UCF wins twenty seven thirteen. They get to six and six, bowl eligible. I think in the first year of the conference, three and six in the conference. I think that's probably a successful year for UCF. Things didn't go the way they wanted with injuries and stuff, but um, I think they I think they did all right in their first season in the Big Twelve. The best of the the new ones. Yeah, I think you would look. Uh, I'm sure they're looking at the Baylor game, kicking themselves too. Um, I think preseason yeah. they're over under was six and a half. So I mean, if they don't, you know, give up a, a 25 point comeback to the worst team in the conference in the fourth quarter of that game, they they hit seven, they hit over, right? So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think they were they were about as advertised. Um, you know, kind of a, a headache to play on their day, definitely uh, offensively. Um, defense probably didn't have the depth that they needed really to to kind of you know, poke into that upper level of the conference with the big boys like West Virginia and then Kansas state and, you know, but, um, but yeah, no successful first year They're they're uh, I don't know if, uh, if Plumlee uh, comes back next year, but if he does, I, I imagine they're a, uh, a team to be reckoned with a little bit more next year. Definitely. And the Houston job is now open. Um, it's an interesting job to gauge the interest and the prestige of that job because it is now in a power conference. It is now, you know, after this year's over, the pack is no longer. And I would say it is now 
a job in a top three conference. I mean, probably the third best conference, but a top three conference. But you are inheriting, you know, maybe the worst or one of the worst rosters. You're in the Texas recruiting scene, which is nice. I I don't know. That's kind of an interesting job. I have no idea where they're going to go with candidates, but it will not be Dana Holgerson. He'll probably be OC somewhere or on a beach somewhere. Yeah, I I still think that there's... it's a job with a lot of potential. I mean, you mentioned it, Houston, Houston itself, right? If you can just shut down the borders of the city, um, you're going to get a handful of, of four, four star or five star players, uh, every single year. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I, I have no idea what their, what their hot list would be, but I would assume that they kind of do like what we did, (laughs) what we did with Neil Brown, right? Like, it seems like Dana has this effect on people where like when he leaves, you just want the exact opposite of him. Um, and so I would imagine they prioritize somebody who, you know, gives a shit about recruiting because if you get somebody in there who actually cares and tries, like, I'm, you know, I'm sure the donor base has money to, to provide to NIL. You just have to have somebody who's going to, who's going to grind on the recruiting trail. Um, and I think there's good players to be had there. Yeah. And I think, uh, Kirch tweeted it, but whoever gets Dana at OCU where he has no head coach responsibilities, that, that actually might be a sneaky, uh, good team next year. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's where he thrives. Hopefully not in the conference, but probably will be, right? So It tends to bounce, yeah. It'll probably be somewhere around. Um, all right, other games in the conference. We had Kansas-Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati actually jumped out to an early lead here, but Kansas really shut it down in the second half. They had 28 points in the second half to six for Cincinnati. 49-16 final. You might have seen the Kansas interception as the highlight out of here. That was Kobe Bryant. Um C-O-B-B- C-O-B-E-E, Kobe. He had the crazy one-handed interception. That was that was probably the, the biggest thing out of this game. Um, no, I think the takeaway from that, man, I you know, I feel like we've said it every game, every recap for, for about a month. Like, Kansas, just a real a real program now. I mean, they're going to be a real program for as long as Leipold's there. Um, you know, for our sake, hopefully he takes. I'm sure he's going to be considered for some uh, bigger jobs. But as long as he's around, they're going to be they're going to be something, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. They've done it with three different quarterbacks this year. I mean, that's, yep. that's the, that's a team kind of culture. They're eight and four on the season, five and four in conference. Yep. Um, and since he finishes three and nine in last place, last uh, game in the conference last night, Iowa state at Kansas state. And this game was actually really good. I was watching the WVU game, obviously. Um, but I did watch some highlights of this today. This thing was close the whole way. It was never more than a possession. Um, they kind of traded leads back and forth, but no one was ever up more than a possession. And Iowa State wins on a the the, the go ahead touchdown was an 82 yard, kind of like a weird play. A guy just kind of found a seam down the sideline. It looked like he was bottled up, and then uh, Jalen Noel just outruns everybody, and uh, they win it in the snow in Manhattan. Did I was you, gonna say, did you see so- any of this one? No, I, I saw the highlights. Ton of points being scored for how for how the weather was, right? Like, I mean, it's snowy, um, and you know, you, you kind of think of these teams probably a, more of um, more grinded outish, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, and then you know, what, it ends up being what, that over ninety hit. I think if you had the over under uh, ninety, that alt that alt total points, you probably made some good money there. Um, but yeah, did you see, I thought the funny thing, there was like a, just an insane play disparity here where like Iowa state only ran like 40 plays, but they averaged like 11 yards per play or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, Kansas state ran like 80 and averaged like six and a half per play. And, and it ended up evening out pretty closely. 
Yeah, I'm not sure on the pronunciation, but Abu Sama, the uh, running back out of Iowa State, he's just a freshman. He went for 276 yards on only 16 carries. That's 17 yards in carry. That's insane, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, odd game. Iowa State wins it. Both teams finish 6-3 and three in conference, uh, tied with the Mountaineers. So that's that's the reg- Big 12 regular season. West Virginia finishes uh, tied for fourth. I think they actually end up fifth by like tiebreakers, but um, tied for fourth, picked 14th. Um, so the biggest the biggest above expectation of any team in the league, not even really that close. Um, I mean, I think we all felt strongly at the beginning of the year that um, we were getting hosed on some narratives about the preseason stuff, but good to see it come to fruition and, and good to see us finish strong. And hey, no nobody who gets paid to have an opinion on this stuff had us in the top five coming into this season so i will take that absolutely absolutely yeah iowa state man um they they have the gambling scandal um before the season and they lose the quarterback and the running back and i think we were kind of both like thinking that they were going to make a a leap this year with those guys coming back um you know pair of four stars from like the 2020 recruiting class and then it turns out that the guys who replace those guys are actually who they're, uh, uh, you know, quote unquote, climbing with, um, with Rocco Becht. And then, yeah, the running back who you mentioned, but, you know, a couple of freshmen. And um, yeah, Iowa State, I imagine they're going to be heading into next year with a little bit of optimism as well. Yeah, they kind of had a fun little accident happen for them. <laughs> Just and, a happy uh, little accident. Happy little accident and ended up with the future. So that's, uh, yeah, not too bad for them. Um so for the precap, I mean, there's only one game in conference. It is the conference championship. It is in Arlington, Texas, a neutral site, and it's Oklahoma State versus Texas. Opening line, Texas by 14. Um, these teams did not meet this year. you have any thoughts on this game? Do you think Oklahoma State has a chance? Um, yeah, I mean, do you think uh, Texas is going to run away with this thing, or what, how you how you see this shaking out? Yes. Um, you know, I think when we uh, briefly mentioned it earlier, I was like, yeah, it could be a good game. But like now that I've thought about it, um, I no, I think Texas is, might smash them. Um, you know, when you when you look at how Oklahoma State's had success this year, it's been Ollie Gordon. Unfortunately, Texas has uh, a pretty mean defense, especially defensive front is really, really good. They haven't really let anybody run the ball on them this year. And uh, noodle arm flaccid penis Bowman back there. I'm not I'm not seeing him dragging the Cowboys to any sort of, um, you know, competitive, competitive showing here. Um, I could see Texas just really trying to be disrespectful in this one too, right? Just a little check up the deuces to the conference. <coughs> Excuse me. And, you know, kind of looking at it like, oh, this is, this is the best that you have of like the hateful eight. Well, okay. This is why, you know, this is why we're ducking out and I could see them maybe, maybe trying to pour it on in this one. Um, I, I think some stuff, it's going to have to be some Baylor type shit for like with us, right? Like yeah. Oklahoma state's going to have to make some special teams plays. They're going to have to get a little lucky with some turnovers for this to, to be competitive. Yeah. I think Texas is good enough to at least contain or hold Ollie Gordon in check. Like they're not going to be, be able to beat him, beat Texas with him alone. Right. And yeah, I don't think either of us uh, <laughs> are too high on, on Bowman. So yeah, I, I don't root for it, but I could see a beat down and I could see Texas, I mean, they're auditioning for the playoffs. Um, yep. They're right there. I mean, they're really – they win this game and, and, like, one or two things go their way and they're in. Um, yep. So, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State, this is uh, – you know, this is a program that does 
does spoil things like this sometimes, but uh, Texas is the much better team in my opinion. And uh, yeah, the game is at noon on Saturday. Um, so they're not giving them prime time. Like I said, Texas is 14 point favorites to start. Um, all right. Did we get any questions this week, Jordan? Sure as heck did. Um, yeah. Appreciate everybody as always for popping them in. We're going to do those threads going forward. Uh, shout out to, uh, to Mike, um, for, you know, just an outstanding discord, uh, setup that he has here, but we got the threads going. Um, West by pod questions. First one from slaw at 7.01 AM today. Guys just up and at it, chipper, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to ready to drop questions in. But he asks, who or what were you most pleasantly surprised with through the season, or where did you see the most improvement um, this year compared to last? I think uh, the most improved, obviously the offense. Um, you know, this has been an offense for four years that has kind of been slow, not explosive, not efficient, haven't put up points. Um this is and that's kind of how they started the year. Uh, but you know, I think with the Texas Tech game, once we saw Garrett Green starting to get a little bit healthy, um, saw the playbook start to open up. You could tell the coaches are getting confident in Green, what he can do, and uh, getting confident in the people around him. Right, and you know, I we talked about it all year. I I really think Neil Brown and Chad Scott did a did a a great job yeah. um, with with the way the offense was set up this year, the way they called the plays, the way they stacked the plays. Um, people were open. People were open. Um, we were picking up yards. We were fun to watch. All that kind of stuff. Um, so I think the offense is 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 the uh, the most improvement. And then pleasantly surprised. Um, I mean, I get the easy answer is green or white, but I would go with like a Ben Cutter, where you know we were kind of worried that that once Lathan went down, it probably would have been Trey Lathan. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, through five games, definitely would have been pleasantly surprised with him. But I think the way Cutter came in. And, you know, he was supposed to be probably a special teams player and a, and a rotation player. And I think he ended up leading us in tackles yesterday. Um, has been one of our better defenders here down the stretch. So I'd say Ben Cutter, big Ben Cutter fan. Yeah, I would say most improved from the first day of the, the season to or first you know day before the, the season started to now would be the receiving room because we really talked about how we didn't, you know, we lost everybody who caught a ball last year, essentially. And not an individual guy stepped up, but like the entire room stepped up. Like everyone had their moments. Everyone had their, you know, clutch third down catches. Everyone, and it continued. I mean, even last night, it was like, it was a Hudson Clement drive. And then it was Cole Taylor with a big catch. Preston Fox laying his body on the line. I mean, it was, it's kind of been like a nice rounded out room. So that's been, um, I would say the most improved thing from what we thought we might be getting. And then pleasantly surprised, um, Dude, the offense was fun. Like we yeah. we had we had like a swag about us. Um, that's led by our quarterback, obviously. But the motions, the the rhythm of the offense, like it's just something we haven't had in like five or six years, and it's just been really nice to have that to enjoy watching your team try to score points um, and actually do it. Sometimes that that was pleasantly surprising. Absolutely, yeah. The receiver room is a great call there. Um, two questions from master of awesomeness, nine Oh seven. So a little bit slower on the trigger today than slaw credit. Shout out to slaw, um, for, for being the quickest on the trigger, but master of awesomeness asks, does Neil Brown's expectations for keeping his job in 24 change? If there's a transfer exodus. And then his second question is, is the only way for fan unity at this point to have Neil leave, um, for the first one, uh, that's a tough one to answer. I mean, I guess it depends who leaves. Um, you know, like if, if, well, no, actually, no, no, I don't think it does. Like we're at the point now where you, you need to be contending for a conference title. 
uh, regardless of who leaves, right? We're at a point now we have the NIL structure in place. We have this GM dude um, who was on three guys halfway through the season. Like it mm-hmm. feels like the infrastructure is in place to compete uh, NIL wise. So, you know, if dudes leave, it's everybody's dealing with that shit. You got to go out and, and replace them. And that's just kind of the fact of the matter. I think his expectations, uh, the, the expectations should be what they are. I think conference championship uh, contending. Um, and then, no, I don't think fan, you know, well, I mean, God, this is tough. I, 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 you know, I apologize for kind of fumbling my way, uh, through these, but I don't, I don't read them beforehand. Cause I want to kind of be coming in with a, with a hot take, like, you know, or not hot take, but hot off of the top of my mind as I'm answering these. Um, I'd like to say, no, if we contend for a conference title and people are still, you know, on the kneel out train, then it's just like, what are you, why are you paying attention? Like, why are you following it? You know, um, and because, you know, even if he does leave, it's still going to be split 50, 50 on whoever the next guy comes. you know, it's going to be, well, I wanted this other guy. I didn't want this guy who we, who we replace him with. Right. So yeah. I don't know. It, it feels like we, we have a lot of malcontents who are going to be who, you know, I apologize if I'm offending anybody, but it feels like we have people who kind of go out of their way to be upset or, or find things to complain about. And that's just the nature of the internet, I guess. Yep. Um, but I would like to think if he contends for a conference title that that would get some people off of his back. Yeah, just off the second question. Yeah, I think just winning. I mean, that's all any West Virginia, true West Virginia fan wants is fan unity is when we're winning. I mean, we're uh, continuing to improve if we go nine or ten next year. I feel like if you can't get on board, you know, you're the miserable one here, not the not the team at that point. And then so the first question is, do expectations change if there's an exodus in players? I would say that retention is part of the game now. I mean, yeah. roster management, and we have a lot of pieces now that are probably the best pieces we've had in his tenure. If he can't keep them, that is a statement moving forward that even if we get him here, we can't keep them. Um, yeah. Is that a program thing or is that a him thing? That's another conversation. But um, yeah, this is just part of the deal now is like we got these guys into Morgantown. He recruited these guys. And if you can't hold on to them, um, you know, that that's just as much as you couldn't recruit them. That's just part of how the whole thing works now. Well said. Cincy Ear asks, was the best case scenario for the program's future to have us lose yesterday and have Neil get fired? Or do you think we actually have something cooking now and are better off with Neil? Um, no, I, I, I do not think that it would have been better to lose yesterday. And then you're, you're kind of hitting the reset button just as Oklahoma and Texas leave the conference, right? Where the, 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 the path to the conference championship they're expanding the playoff field, so potentially a path to the playoff. I don't know if that, that's not happening next year, is it? Um, I can't. Yeah, it might actually be 12 next year. I'll, I'll okay. look it up. Okay. Um, no, I don't think it, it would. it's good to be hitting the reset button. And to answer the second part is, yes, I actually do think we have something cooking now. Um, you know, and, I, and I'll caveat that by saying I'm one of the people who have have been on the side of man, we just had a lot of fluky shit go against us pretty consistently for four years. Um, and I'm not saying that's not the difference between us winning six or seven games and winning 10 games, but you know, I, a win or two a season makes a big difference in perception. Um, and you know, it feels like this year, some of that stuff's gone, gone our way. And so we've gotten some of those wins. And then, you know, I think we, we've spent a ton of time talking about Garrett and Jaheim and, and the other young, it feels like we have playmakers. Um, mm-hmm. Now and so you know, I I do feel like we have something cooking, and I think we're better off 
you know, seeing where this goes. Agreed. I think, I don't think the, if you fire the coach, it's not in a vacuum. You have to go get somebody else. And I just don't see somebody right now. I, I'm, I'm not a big go for Jimbo kind of guy, but that's just me. Um, yeah, I think we got something cooking and I don't, he, you win eight games, you don't fire the coach. I don't think that's the correct way to, to manage this program right now. Um, and then, yes, so the 12-team the playoff does start next year. I learned something, so I will share. First round is actually going to be on December 20th and 21st. That kind of seems like a fun time because that's usually when the bad bowl games are. Um, and they're on campus, right? I believe the so. The first round yeah. is on campus, yeah. I believe so. The quarterfinals are on uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Semis are on the 9th and the 10th, and the national championships all the way on January 20th. Um, and that does start next year. So, yeah, that'll be fun. And, and you know, we have a – quantifiable exact way to play ourselves in, which I think is, is good for the sport. Absolutely. Um, Salah with a second question, 7.26 PM this time. Um, how far are we from having inside jokes from the discord appear on the Q and a for the pod? Uh, I did drop in a little, Oh fuck. You're going to make me trust the climb. Um, just now, <laughs> but yeah, no, we'll work them in where they're apl- applicable. <laughs> try, We're try here. We have arrived. <laughs> we have arrived at um, that time. And then uh, the second, honestly, I think having these this Q and A is going to probably open the door for for more than that, right? Um, oh yeah. So, uh, second part: What am I supposed to listen to weekly in the off season? Will we do some off season work? Um, I'm definitely going to try. We we kind of I feel like we were we went dark uh, probably longer than we should have last off season. Um, but yeah, like Joel said, you know, I think we'll do a uh, we'll definitely do a bowl preview. We'll do a season wrap up, and then I mean, shit, you're you know, it's a twelve month sport at this point, so you're into you're into spring ball, and you're into recruiting and transfer portal. So I would imagine we'll probably, um, you know, maybe maybe shoot for like a a once a month, um, you know, depending on what's going on, maybe jump on more than once a month kind of thing in the off season. So we'll we'll uh, we'll be around. Yeah, I think we'll keep it going. Um, yeah, obviously there's some dead periods with nothing's going on, but yeah, I think uh, I think. Hopefully, I mean, there's some more exciting stuff to talk about than than last year as well. So I, I feel like, yeah, that's we'll, a good we'll point. Keep, we'll keep the conversation going. Yeah, dude, I was like last year, last year when the season ended, I was like uh, Ace Ventura when uh, he realized that Einhorn's a man and he just like lights his clothes on fire and cries in the shower for for a while. Right. Like that. That was me basically from January through April last year. So um, hopefully a little bit brighter times ahead this uh, this offseason. Hoping so. Um, from, uh, WVU Knight. I know that guy. Um, who is our best ball matchup and who is the worst? Um, I saw you put some of these in our notes here. Yeah, I can, I can share the bowl matchups that I've seen. I mean, everybody has a different opinion. Um, so the, the four that I've seen the most common are the guaranteed rate bowl, the AutoZone Liberty bowl, the armed forces bowl, and oh, the Liberty bowl again. So three, three different ones. I've seen us playing Northwestern, Appalachian state, Syracuse, Memphis, those were like the four common opponents I saw. So um, we won't know this until about a week from now after the conference games, right? We It is at the end of next week, right? We find out the yeah, games. Yeah, you'll um, start finding them out. Yep. Yeah, that's a good question, though. I mean, I, I would speak in generals of, of teams that, that we would like to play. Um, you know, you look at who we were successful against this year. I mean, I think the offense goes when we can run the ball um first that that sort of opens this offense up to be to be lethal so um you know teams that that we can run the ball with that would be my number one pick and and teams who how, how should i say it on on the defense i i worry about like a a 
a target receiver kind of guy. Like a Cal- I don't want to play a team who's got like a Calvin Johnson type dude on him. I want to play a team with a, a quarterback who is a statue, doesn't like pressure, and doesn't have a guy who is his safety blanket. Because I don't feel like that is that would be something that would match up for us. And to to be clear, I don't know if any of these teams have have that. Um, haven't done the scout yet. We'll have a better idea, obviously, next week. But um, I would like to play Syracuse. Um, yeah. just from a, from a fan perspective, um, you know, we played them in a bowl, what in 2011 or 12 and in the snow in New York city and at Yankee stadium and, and lost. Um, so paying them back for that would be nice. Um, and also I think just being able to, you know, like if we went in and, and like smoked Syracuse or something, right. It would lend credence to my, uh, my, uh, hill that I would die on of, you know, we wouldn't win the ACC, but we would be like the second or third best team in the ACC, um, yeah. this season, at least. Um, Northwestern, I think we would, I think we would smash Northwestern, um, app state mountaineer bowl. That would be mountaineer bowl could be fun for the, mountaineer bowl could be fun. Could how, be a good time, especially how, in, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, how about wild card USC, uh, just so we could score 70 points again in a bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> There's seven and five. I mean, that, that legitimately could be in the cards. I don't, I don't know all the, the bowl games shake out usually, but, um, Caleb Williams though, that, that he wouldn't is, play. He wouldn't that's, play. That's a good point. Yeah, he wouldn't play. And, and probably a lot of their receivers wouldn't play either. But I would have, um, what is it, Zion Branch or Neon? What's uh, Zachariah? Zachariah Branch uh, is the true freshman. I, I would imagine he does play. And I would have nightmares about our guys trying to tackle that that guy in space. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But yeah. um, I don't know. Liberty Bowl against Memphis in Memphis would be interesting. Um I don't know. None of these are none of these are really super exciting, um, unfortunately. Um, and I think just of the of the ones that you have here, I, I think I'd prefer Syracuse the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Syracuse would be the best fit. Okay. Um, another question from Jake: Is this a 2005 season or a 2015? Um, and what he the clarifies with the context: Like, is this the start of an actual run, or is this just the lead up to like you know a better next year? Uh, what do you think? That's a really good question. Um, I think this is the best young roster we have taken. You know, I'm speaking in late November, but it's looking like the best young roster we will take into a season. Um, so the the 05 comment is like, yeah, that was really a, a build to a, a new level that the program hadn't hit before. I feel like like that was a you know a monumental build up across all fronts. Everything sort of aligned for a little bit, and that you know in turn ends up boosting the whole program um and 15 you know that builds up to 16 where when i actually went back and looked uh i was talking about the one loss thing i was looking at the 2016 team because they won 10 games four of those were one possession games um two of those were against teams that were pretty bad and there were two there were one possession games. so i mean i don't know i i, I think the skylar howard um garrett green comparison is you know, maybe makes the most sense to me where it's a deep ball and, and kind of rushing quarterback who can hit the deep ball. Um, that sort of looks similar to me, but I don't know, man. I, I, that's, that is a very good question. I think the one thing you'd point to that would, you know, a, a blind optimist like myself would say, maybe this is the start of a run is, um, you know, the deck's kind of clearing out a little bit, right. Um, in a, in a similar way to the way that the big East kind of cleared out a little bit for us. Right as Pat and Steve kind of, we fell ass backwards into those guys. Um, and, you know, you, 
you hate that it's taken five years, right? But it does kind of feel like we figured out who we want to be and, and like what we can be, um, especially offensively. We, we got to figure out the defense. Um, but it, it does feel like we're kind of figuring out who we are um, just right at the right exact time. And so I don't, man, it, it, you know, this is kind of a cop out, but it depends how next year goes, right? Like if we build on this and next year is like a nine or 10 win season, like let's say we win 10 games next year. And then, you know, you're bringing back everybody but Garrett the following year. Yeah. Um, could be could be the start of a little run um, because. There's momentum you know, in the portal. I mean, like you, you have success. It's going to attract success. Yep. Yep. And and there's, you know, there's not going to be anybody in the conference. You know, we talk about the coin flip games or, or the games where it's like like Penn State this year. Right. We, we knew how that was going to go. Um, there's not going to be a lot of games like that. Um, in the conference going forward where, you know, you're going to look at this team and, and be like, Jesus, we have no shot in that game, right? Like, you know, you, you're looking at the schedule next year um, and going forward and, and you know, I, I don't think we're worse than a 60-40 against any of these teams. So, yeah, yeah it could be could be the start of something. Yeah, I, I'd like the comment about the conference clearing out too. That, that does feel more reminiscent of the Big East. Yep. Um, from Zentradi Elite, would you hire or would Neil hire Dana as an OC? Could Dana get his house back in Cheat Lake? Um, I don't think there's a chance. Um, I would say there's a better chance of Dana moving back here without a job into his house on Cheat Lake just for for the um, you know the 35 to 45 demographic demographic scene that he that he cleaned up uh, a little bit during his time here. Maybe just coming back and and just you know living living the high life for a little bit than there is of him coaching here. Um, again, I would take him. I think it would be fun, but you know, there's no way like it works as anything other than just like a fun thing to think about. Yeah. Not in this reality, but, uh, in my NCAA 24, uh, dynasty. Yes. I'm, I'm doing that every time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Night six, seven, six, since Neil is more than likely coming back, what's his number one priority to build on this? Also, what would you say is the position we most need in the portal? Um, I think the, I think it's the same answer is you, you got to get help in the secondary. Um, yeah, I think that's, you know, man, I'm just like sitting here talking with my friends about it. And it's like, you see Daryl Porter's playing really well for, for Miami and Tyke Smith is playing really well at Georgia. And it's just like, fuck, if this team just had those two guys, like what, what would this defense be? If you just add those two pieces. Um, and so I think that's gotta be the priority, um, to build on this is you, you got to match the playmakers that you found on the offensive side with some playmakers on the defensive side. Agreed. Um, yeah, and that's that's where it shines the most. I mean, we like the linebackers. We got depth on the D line. Front I, six looks good. We bring a six, lot back in the front six. Front six looks good. I'd say secondary number one, gold star. If you can go get a, a wide receiver one as well, like that, those would be the two I would say. Yep. Does Oklahoma State stand a chance in the conference championship? We kind of answered that. I don't. I don't. Not without some shit going going weird. Um, Gundy Gundy is that guy, but yeah, on paper, I don't see it. Yep. Was Baylor the most important win of the season? That's no. an interesting no. But like it was strangely important just in terms of like all the next year talk that we're having, right? Because if you lose the game, you'll probably get fired and all this fun stuff that we're talking about probably. Recency bias, the last game is always the most important. Like, yeah, but if you lost to Pitt in this season where they went three and nine, I mean that that's you know, that would have yes. been worse. Or, yeah, I, I think Texas Tech you give this win. a week. Or, yeah, you give this a week or two, and yeah, I, I don't think this is the most important win. Three hundred four Yinzer asks, "Are we happy yet?" 
uh yeah we stay happy and when we're not happy we recycle till we become happy so i'm happy i'm enjoying it it's been some rough last years i'm, I'm enjoying eight wins eight wins is eight wins is fun eight wins is fun garrett green's fun Jaheim you, you think fun. baylor's having fun you no. think they're having fun they won the conference two years ago they just went three and nine you think they're having fun yeah disaster yeah no i'm having fun i'm, I'm gonna enjoy it. you know what if you don't enjoy this shit then why you know what are you doing um and then the spidey 616 do you anticipate neil making any staff changes if so who and finally what staff changes do you think he should make um i think you got to get a special teams coordinator who's going to let us <laughs> kick the ball in the end zone um and stop doing the stupid kickoff return bullshit um I think you have to – I don't know what – it feels like something has to happen on the defensive side of the ball. Um, yeah. You, you know, you got to do something. You, you got to at least tell Leslie, hey, like, we, we, we can't <laughs> – we can't run this back, right? We can't run this back, whether that's with different, different people coaching the team or the people who are there coaching uh, need to do stuff differently. Yeah. Yeah, I think Leslie's the obvious answer here. Um special teams is is a good answer as well. Like pay, pay some attention there. Um coaches who did well. I mean, Matt Moore has built an offensive line over the last few years. Uh Chad Scott has done an awesome job with the running backs and now offensive coordinator. Uh hey, Blaine Stewart, the tight ends, that was a nice spot this year. So mm-hmm. but yeah, mm-hmm. I think Leslie is the is the guy. Jackson, defensive line was strong. Coons, I think is Coons might be the special teams coordinator. Um, and so it's weird. Cause like, that's been really bad, but the linebackers have been good. And he, I think he also coaches the linebackers. So it's like, I don't know what you do there. Maybe just take the responsibilities away from him and just like have, have a guy who, who does special teams. Yeah. Um, secondary has been improved. bad for improved, improved, but yeah, but, but not great for a couple seasons, but I, I think secondary such a, like one-on-one, like mono e mono kind of thing. I really do feel like having dudes there kind of overcomes coaching. Oh yeah. Um, to an extent, and we just haven't had great players. I mean, you know, I mentioned Porter and uh, Taiki, and you know, there's also uh, what Nick Troy Fortune, who was you know not amazing, but was like a solid, like like an average starter in the conference. Um, Charles Woods left. Like you know, you just look at all these guys who are gone, and then all the injuries we had too. Montre Miller. Keyshawn Cobb get hurt. They missed the entire season. Basically, we were expecting them to be big pieces for us. Um, and then the other piece of it is the the secondary coaches. I think we mentioned this in another pod. Are, are like they're some of our best recruiters, right? So it's yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, Leslie. I think if you if you're not going to make a change at less at the at the defensive coordinator, you have to at least be like, dude, you gotta you gotta figure this shit out. We can't run it back doing the same thing next year. Yeah. Yep. Agree. All right, that that was it. That's all. all. Sweet, yeah. Thank you as always for the questions. Um, and yeah, we'll definitely probably uh, rely on some questions for for some stuff over the off season. So I think the next time we'll be back is the bowl preview. So we'll find out the bowl um, Sunday ish. I think Sunday Monday of next week, and yep. uh, we'll we'll scheme from then. We'll do a preview and then yeah, expect some content wrapping up the season after that game. Um, and some off-season stuff as well. So, anything else you want to throw in, Jordan? All good, man. All Real right. deal, Neil, and the eight-win Mountaineers. Boys, let's go!
That's right. Enjoy it. Um, so yeah, check us out on Smoking Musket Discord if you're not there already. Clearly, that's where we're sourcing our Q and A stuff. Um, you can also get us on Twitter. Uh, we would respond there as well. Uh, SmokingMusket.com. That's where you can find Jordan's preview articles. He just got one left, but we also got all kinds of the uh, regular football news and a lot of basketball stuff now. Uh, check out Unreasonable Doubt to keep up with the Mountaineers basketball team. Uh, watch the Mountaineers men's soccer team. They are to the Elite Eight in the soccer tournament. Marshall just went down, which was the biggest team in their way. Uh, a little opening. I won't say more than that, but a little opening. Just pay attention to them um, coming down the stretch. Um, I think that's all I got. Yeah, let us uh, let us know any other questions, and uh, we will catch you guys next time. All right, take care, gang. One, two.